What's going on gamers? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I am The Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Graveyard Gaming, where I'm actually going to be talking about sequels. I want to talk about what makes a good sequel. I want to ask, where's my sequel to a few different games? And then I also want to point out some of my favorite sequels, because sequels are a wonderful thing. It's like, hey, look, you really enjoyed this? Well, here's another one. It's awesome. But I also want to talk about my graveyard shift and what I've been playing on it. I want to talk about that game of the month. And I even want to ask you, what game should I play next? But all that being said, guys, let's jump in and let's talk about where's my sequel. So gamers, let's talk about what makes a good sequel first. And honestly, here it is. You take a game that you really enjoyed, developers made some money off of, and they go, okay, how can we improve it? Because, yeah, there are times that we get a sequel to a game and it's not bad, you really enjoy it, but it feels very samey. It's, it's like the same thing. There's no added anything to it. It's the same ingredients, right? It's the same cupcake. You want that cupcake with more frosting on it. You know what I mean? And honestly, I can think of a great way to explain this, and that is South Park, The Stick of Truth. Guys, that game is hilarious. It's so much fun. It's this RPG turn-based. So when they go to the fractured butthole, yeah, it's going to be a different story and different aesthetics, because now the guys are superheroes and the comedy's there. But what they did to make it feel like a different game, they changed the combat to grid-based, which actually made it feel like a completely different game. You could play those games back-to-back -back and not feel like it was the same thing. That's how you should do a sequel, or you just take it to the next level. Because you know what? There are times when you start on you know, one spot, but you keep adding to it, that when you get to the next sequel, all of a sudden you have a massive game. I mean, you look at Just Cause, the original game, that was a fun open world game. You could do cool stuff, whatever. You look at what they have going on in Just Cause 4, and it's like, wow. Like, that is how you progress with sequels. You make them bigger, better. You learn your mistakes, and you improve. But now, let me ask the question, is where's my sequel to some of these games? And the first one on that list is The Order 1886. Guys, you heard me talk about it. It was one of my call-out of the months, but that is absolutely one of the best games on PS4. It's a hidden gem. People overlooked it. It came out. People mocked it for how many cutscenes. But as I've said so many times when talking about this game, you have a game that is just drenched in this lore that I absolutely love. I mean, anytime you're fighting werewolves, it's automatically a super interesting game for me. And you guys might doubt when I say this, but to me, if Sony would have kept going with this and let Ready at Dawn really kind of work out a sequel, I think they would have had the Gears of War game that Sony needs. I mean, it was just that fantastic. The lore is there. I'm super intrigued by the characters and what's going on with it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, if I was going to say where a sequel could go, I'm going to tell you where a sequel could go. You make the next game open world. You set it in London, and then you also set it in America. Somewhere in America, maybe New York. And you might go, why? Trust me, play the game. You'll find out because it really comes to a point in that game where it opens up like, hey, you think werewolves are bad? I just really would love to see something like that. Some more of these weapons. Really get into it. Such a fantastic game, guys. I'm telling you, it's usually on sale a lot or it's pretty cheap now. Buy the game. Play the game. Yeah, it's only going to take you like seven hours to get a platinum, but you'll thank me for it. You know, another game that I'm going to throw out there, and it's one of those games that I felt like was, you know, pretty good. Slightly above average. Better than some other stuff we get, and that's Deadpool. When it came out on the PS3, I played it on the PS4 a couple years ago, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't super amazing, but it was fun. It felt like the character at Deadpool. And I asked, where's the sequel to this game? Because while it was slightly better than average, 
there's so much potential there. There's so much fun they could have. And you add in the fact that Deadpool is way into pop culture right now. You've had two awesome movies, a third one on the way. People love Deadpool. Why not make another Deadpool game? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why they actually remastered the game for PS4. Is it kind of the original PS3 one kind of came out before Deadpool really blew up and they wanted to cash in on that? Well, now's the time to cash in on another one. Nolan North is awesome in the game. I just think we could really see something with this game and really bring it up to get people to go, oh, wow, this has potential to be an excellent <laughs> comic book game. Where I would take this game is I would kind of honestly keep it the same, just kind of iron some things out, man. Kind of less enemies, more combos, more different weapons, all kind of cool stuff like this. And in fact, with Deadpool, I think you could have a cool mix in the levels where certain areas you could go guns blazing or, and I'm not talking the stealth part of the Hitman games, but you know in Hitman games where you can follow the stories and you can set up a crazy kill that's just so over the top? That would be perfect in a Deadpool game. A little blend of both, I believe. Speaking of comic books, I'm going to ask this question because point blank, I love these games. Where is another X-Men Legends game? I know people can say, well, we have Marvel Alliance 1 and 2 and 3. You know, I, hey, we've moved on from that. Guys, X-Men Legends is such a fantastic game. The original game was a call out to anybody that had been following comic books from the late 90s through, you know, 2004 when the game came out. It was just this love letter. I loved it. I still enjoy playing it. They had great flashback missions. The sequel was like a reimagining of the Age of Apocalypse storyline. There's a lot of fun there. Now, yes, the gameplay in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, I can't speak for 3, but in 1 and 2 was greatly improved. But I'm saying now is the time to go back to X-Men Legends. Why? Well, we know they're coming to the MCU pretty soon, and that's going to bring some light back on it. But over the last 15 years, the X-Men comics have changed drastically, especially over the last two years. So this might be a great potential to have a great game, great characters, but also kind of set up returning players and fans into, hey, here's what the world of the X-Men looks like because, man, between living on an island and not knowing if Professor X is good or bad, just all kind of crazy stuff... Man, the world is ripe for a new game. Another game I want to see, guys, is New Prince of Persia. And I will be the first to tell you this. I didn't really get into Prince of Persia when they came out. I always wanted to. I played through a good bit of the first game. And I wanted to continue on. But things kept getting in the way. I really did enjoy Forgotten Sands. The tie-in to the movie. Even though I didn't beat it. It just makes me go, man, with what they've done with Assassin's Creed. And I know that was kind of originally like a spin-off of Prince of Persia. Like in design. Not when the first game came out. But I really think... The time is right to do something, and I really think it after seeing that tech demo that released a couple years ago that just looked so amazing. It's like, man, I want that game. I want that gameplay. Give us one, and Ubisoft, while you're at it, what about Splinter Cell? I don't even have to say much about that, but we know we want that. Another game, guys, that I'm going to say is Alan Wake, because i got to be honest with you. Alan Wake was one of those games. I waited a year to play it, but when I played it, I was like, holy smokes, this is really good. And the ending was so ambiguous. It was like, man, I don't understand it. I want to see more. Where are we going? I love the idea of having to use your flashlight and light to survive. Man, it was so good. The story was so interesting. I tell you what, the game was so good that it got me so interested in the DLC for Control that when I got Control, I got the deluxe edition so that I could have that DLC. Guys, I don't know how you would improve upon the original Alan Wake. It's been 10 years now. But I would love to see them do something with it. I think it could be fantastic, man. 
And the last one I'm going to talk about in this episode, as I said, this is a topic that I can always come back to at a later point. That is Dante's Inferno. I know I'm pulling some old games here. I think that game came out in 2010, so 11 years old at this point. But here's the thing. If you played that game, a lot of people thought it was a God of War clone. And I guess in a sense you could say that, but it's very much God of War meets Devil May Cry in his combat. Here's what I loved about Dante's Inferno. It was awesome. It told a cool story. I got into Dante and his quest through the levels of hell and the different giant boss fights. And to me, it just goes, you know, the new God of War, it's really different than what it used to be. Yeah, it's over-the-top action and it's fast-paced action and combos, but it's a different combat style. There's more weight to it. Dante's Inferno could come in like a freight truck. First off, they left us on a cliffhanger, so it can come back and pick that part up. And number two it could fill in that gap of, hey, you just want a hardcore hack and slash full of combos, crazy over-the-top stuff, this is your game. Because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I want to see a sequel to it. But gamers, I've talked about some games that I want to see a sequel to. So let's talk about some games that are some of my favorite sequels. And first off, I'm going to say this game, Saints Row 3. And the reason being is... It kind of goes back to what I said, what makes a good sequel. You know, you take what you had, you do a little lessons learned and improve upon things and kind of see what direction you got to go with. Well, I wasn't a big fan of Saints Row, the original. It just really didn't click with me. Saints Row 2, I kind of skipped completely. And Saints Row 3, I had all intentions to until I read that there was a weapon called Fart in a Jar. You threw a jar filled with a fart and it would act like a grenade. And I thought, you know what, I got to try that. And I've got to tell you, Saints Row 3 is one of the best games I've played on the 360 generation. It was absolutely fun. I mean, I'm a big guy in Fun Factor. You know that from my reviews. This game was just seeped in it, guys. It was funny. It stayed the line, if that makes sense. Like it, it got right up to it, and it never went all the way over. And I, I felt like with Saints Row 4, it did kind of teeter a little too far over the line and make too much of a joke of itself, but Saints Row 3 was able to have a lot of fun with it. Basically say, hey, we're not Grand Theft Auto, guys. We're not trying to be Grand Theft Auto. Let's just make our own niche in the world. And I think that's why we've seen a remastered version on both the PS4 and now the PS5. Same thing with Xbox and Series X, because the developers know it's so good. And guys, I highly recommend you checking those out if you haven't. The next one on my list Guys, if you're following my Tom Hop, you're seeing a lot of pictures of this game right now. That's The Last of Us 2. I know it was super controversial when it came out. People didn't like the fact that, slight spoiler, Joel dies very soon in the game. I think people just wanted kind of that sequel that I talked about earlier where you just take what the other game was and you just kind of, you know, make some changes to it and keep going with it. The developers, Naughty Dog, said, you know what, we want to go the different route. We really want to grow and expand on things. And the thing they wanted to really work on not so much just the action, is they wanted to work on that theme. See, the first game was all about love and, you know, hey, how can love grow here? And it can, you know, these two strangers become that kind of surrogate father-daughter role that we see. But with the sequel, they wanted to really highlight revenge and how kind of useless it is. Guys, they did such a fantastic job. The story of The Last of Us 2, is it's depressing. People have talked about that, and they're right. It is depressing, but I enjoy it so much. It just makes so much sense. They told an amazing story. Ellie got to have this great adventure from a player standpoint, but at the same time, we switched over to Abby, and people hated Abby, and I get it, but man, her levels were so well done. She was such a great character as well, 
And the way the stories came together, it just made you go, wow, they did an amazing job. I mean, the story in The Last of Us 2 transcends what people think a story can be in gaming. I mean, it's just so amazing. So it's absolutely one of my best sequels. And that's not even talk about how amazing the world is, the gameplay, and all of that fun stuff. Now the next one I'm going to throw up is Mafia 3, because I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed Mafia 3 when it came out. However, when I went back and played the DLC, I thought, wow, this is absolutely amazing. I want another Mafia game. Truthfully, I'd be happy to take Lincoln Clay. I thought he was a great character. And in all honesty, I thought we could do a lot more with him. But if they wanted to move to a different decade and whatnot, I would be down with it. The one thing I would say with the Mafia games is they're really going to have to figure out how do you make an open world game with Mafia. Because I don't feel like in Mafia 2 or 3, I haven't played Mafia 1 yet. I don't think they actually nailed an open world game. It was things to do in the world, and that's cool, but none of them felt very meaningful. So I really hope they kind of figure out better ways to include that. Now, I'm going to go with another sequel, and I'm going to tell you this one I hold near and dear to my heart, and that is Grand Theft Auto Vice City. See, when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out, it was kind of new, and I know it's the third game in the series and whatnot, but ultimately, it was kind of new. It was a new experience for a lot of gamers, is this sandbox game. It's what we called open-world games back then, but this was like really that first big one that really blew up, and it was amazing. And I got into it, and I had so much fun, and I talk about this in my Grand Theft Auto franchise episode. You guys should check that out as well, but... It was so easy to get overwhelmed in the first game on how you play it and what do you do that I remember I'd got to a certain point in that game where I was like, I don't know if I want to keep playing anymore. But then they announced Vice City and I said, all right, I'm going back to three and I'm going to beat it. And I did just because I wanted to play Vice City. And guys, one, they upped a little bit of the gameplay. They added new weapons. It still very much felt like Grand Theft Auto 3. However, what they did is that design of that world and the seeping in the 80s and really i think grand theft auto vice city more so than grand theft auto 3 was the game that rockstar really showed their character they really made the city a character in of itself and they just highlighted all these different characters i it was just a character driven game guys that's all i can say but their humor was there all the things about 3 that were so good were just exploded in vice city and then that grew with 4 and San Andreas, and 5, and I think it's all because of the direction they took with Vice City. But the last one I want to talk about, guys, is Batman Arkham City, because for me, they took that three areas of Arkham Asylum that were kind of like Metroidvania, and they grew that into a good-sized city-type area, and I absolutely thought they did a fantastic job. The story meant something. It was a direct continuation of Asylum. It grew that world, and ultimately that lore of that version of Batman and it set up the awesome Origins, even though Origins was a prequel, we kind of got to see where that was going, and then it set up the amazing Arkham Knight. So, guys, Batman Arkham City was a huge and pivotal game. If that game would have came out and not done nearly as well as it did, I don't know that we would have had those other Batman games. So ultimately, I definitely think it's one of the best sequels I've ever played. So gamers, what have I been playing on the Graveyard Shift? Well guys, you know what? I've been playing a lot more of Watch Dogs Legion, and I gotta say I'm kind of down to really just playing through the story at this point. I've done a lot of the side stuff and really enjoyed that. I've liberated all the bureaus. I know some side missions are going to come up at some point based on some trophies, but I am a little over halfway done with the story now. I, I should be able to beat it in the next week or so. I'm not 100% sure on that. Also, with talking about beating it, that talks about reviews, and guys, I have to say... 
I'm sorry I did not get the review for Wolfenstein out this week. I've dealt with some crazy internet and computer issues, so you have to forgive me. I promise you it is coming at some point. With that being said, I got really into UFC 4 this week. As I mentioned last week, I started back on UFC 3 just having fun. I had a chance to pick up UFC 4. I did. Created my guy. Run through my Logan Phoenix dude. And I gotta say, last night when I stopped, I was finally getting a shot at the light heavyweight title in the UFC. I can't wait. That's what I'm hoping to jump on as soon as I'm done recording this. So, But honestly, guys, I've been enjoying UFC 4. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys in the review about the things that I really love they added and some of the stuff that it kind of scratched my head about with this game when I get to that review. I've been playing more of the forest. I gotta say, I've kind of explored the entire island at this point. I've got it all mapped out on my map. I found the giant sinkhole. Uh, I was doing some exploring online, just kind of seeing like, okay, what do I got to do here? And I kind of found out something here. I was talking to Hulk and Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming, a podcast uh, here on Anchor, all about gaming. Check that out. But while I was looking online, I noticed that if you want to play through the story of the forest, guys, it doesn't seem like it's that long. Really, all that's required is a few items, and then you go to a certain spot. Now, so it's kind of one of those cool games that you have, like, a story that can take you, you know, a couple hours, or you can spend hours upon hours creating and building. I like that duality here. Uh, so I think I'm going to try today, actually, to kind of play through the story and see how it plays out. I don't want it ruined for me. I want to play through it, kind of enjoy it. And then that way, it kind of gives you that freedom to really do some more exploring at some point, really try to see what kind of camps you can build and set up. So if I am able to accomplish the story well guess what guys that'll be another review coming for you pretty soon but gamers i do have a question for you i'm thinking really of jumping on control but after control i don't know what i want to play and that's what i want to ask you guys gamers should i play ghost of shishima which i started last year and i did enjoy but i I never really gave it the time it deserved and i really want to give it that time that full attention if you will or should I start Yakuza 3? Because I am a big fan of that Yakuza series, you know that. So I have these two games set in Japan, totally different from each other. But I'm really torn on what I want to play. Do I want to continue the story of Kiru? Or do I want to go back to Ghost and actually give it that time and really get sucked into it? Let me know, guys, because I am super torn on it. But gamers, I gotta ask, what should be the game of the month? I said I was going to do it this month. For me, without a doubt, it's going to be The Forest. And I know that's crazy because I've absolutely been loving my time in Watch Dogs Legion. But i got to go with The Forest. Why? Because just like my Wandering in the Graveyard said, it opened me up to an entire new way of gaming. An entire genre, if you will. And when I'm playing that game between the creepiness of the cannibals and I'm just constantly on alert and I'm trying to build and I'm trying to do all these things. But the mystery of that island is so intense that I want to know more. That for me... It has to be my game of the month. All right, gamers, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to know some of your favorite sequels. I would love to know what you think makes a good sequel. And more often than that, I'd love to know what you thought about some sequels that I wanted to see. As always, guys, you can reach me at thegraveyardgamer at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, thegraveyardgamer, where I'm always posting my time hop dump pics. And you can find me on Twitter at thegraveyardg. Till next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard. (laughs) 